Well, I love a good against the odds story. As a matter of fact, if I thought about my favourite movies, uh, a couple of them would have to be Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz and just all the crazy stuff those guys seem to be able to get through in that movie. And also the movie Red. Uh, I love that movie. Helen Mirren and uh, Bruce Willis and a host of great... John Malkovich, great characters. And again, just uh, people winning against the odds. And I think we all actually relate to that. I think we all love a good against the odds story. And, and when I think about it, I reckon it's probably because we like to see ourselves in the story. Uh, we relate, we tend to relate to one of the characters or at least wish we did. And we also like to think that if we were ever caught in a situation in life where the odds were stacked against us, that we could actually beat the odds, we could overcome them. And so I want to speak to us tonight about overcoming the odds. Uh, and interestingly, the Bible is full of against the odds kind of stories. Uh, the whole narrative generates story after story of people winning against the flow, uh, against the odds. And I love that because it actually brings hope to us that that could happen for us. And in those stories, if we can see ourselves in the story, it also gives us clues on how to win in the game of life, especially against the odds. So our stories might not be as dramatic as the ones we see in scripture, and certainly the one I'm gonna talk about tonight, maybe not quite as dramatic, the circumstances, the, the stage of life might not be as desperate, but interestingly, I think the principles are often the same. And so I wanna to speak to us about overcoming the odds, things that you have to refuse entry into your life if you want to win when you've got to push through something. And the fact is, sooner or later, for each and every one of us, life throws circumstances at us that threaten to swallow us. The odds are stacked against us. And for some, that happens in the sooner rather than the later. And that's certainly the story of the character I want to look at tonight. Someone who's, who things went bad right from the beginning for him. And um, I'm going to tell the story really quick. I'm going to make some observations that uh, hopefully are insightful and helpful, and then finish with some questions that will challenge us to see ourselves in the story and apply some of the principles of the story. So here we go. We're going to start. We're going to look at a very layered life. And the fact is, all of our lives, consist of many layers. We all have uh, experience upon experience and maybe some hurts, maybe some joys, and it makes up a complex life. And we're going to look at a very complex character tonight in Judges chapter 11, uh, beginning at verse 1. And I'm going to paraphrase some of this story and I'm going to read a few key verses. But it says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. In other words, he was courageous, but he was also the son of a harlot. And I'm going to deal with that word a little bit later on because it's an unusual word nowadays, even though we might think we know what it means. And it says, and Gilead begot Japheth. In other words, Gil Japheth's dad's name was Gilead. And the fact is, even in these highly 
tolerant days like uh, like we live today, this is still a difficult verse. It would not have been easy. It wouldn't be easy today to have that as your background. It was very difficult in in uh, Japheth's era. Uh, he had a very difficult family situation and it only gets more difficult. So right in this first verse, you see this paradox uh, because he, he's got great potential. He's a man of valor. He's recognized as a fighter. He's recognized as a scrapper. He's recognized as courageous, but he carries a stigma right from the beginning of his story. And it gets worse. In verse 2, it says Gilead's wife bore sons. So um, uh, he's obviously a stepbrother to these guys. And when his wife's uh, sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out, out of his own house and said to him, you shall have no inheritance in our father's house for you're the son of another woman. This was rejection by those closest to him. And as a matter of fact, like the worst rejection can really only come from those close to us. It's those that are close to us that can hurt us the most. And he's experiencing that very on. Jephthah's life had become very painful. And then in verse 3, it says, Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Uh, interestingly, this is like you see a bit of a common reaction to hurt and pain and rejection here. He turns to the wild side. He begins to run with a gang. That's Jephthah. And now he's not only started in difficult circumstances, he's not only suffered rejection, but now he's actually maybe building a history for himself that he's going to be less than proud of in the future. That's Jephthah. And there doesn't look like a lot of hope for a guy who had so much potential. And now we, I want to continue the story by looking at some circumstances around his life. And these are complex too. These are layered circumstances as well. So uh, this is a time of war now. The, the place where he lived was attacked by another nation, the nation of, um, of Amnon. And uh, he finds himself in the middle of war. His, his, the people around him are fearful of what's about to happen. And so the elders come back. The, the very people who were happy to see him thrown out of his father's house and accepted that come to him. They said to Jephthah, come and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Amnon. They realized we need a guy who's good in a blue because we're facing a battle and we need someone who can fight for us. In verse 7 and 8, Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? You're the guys that let the worst thing that ever happened to me happen to me. And interestingly, right here, he knows, this is an indicator, he knows he's being manipulated. He is being used. We, we don't care about you, but we like what you've got. We like your gifting, what, however you want to express that. And interestingly, Jephthah goes along with it. Verse 9 and 11 through to 11, it says, Jephthah said to these guys, if you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon and the Lord delivers them to me, shall I be your head? In other words, 
Will you give me the leadership? You know, you want me to win a battle? Then the price of it is going to be promotion. That's what I, you want me to win a battle. I want to be the leader. And so uh, the thing that I love about this is as a valiant guy, as a guy that knew that he was known to, 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 to be a warrior, that had obviously been proved. He had leadership and he knew it. And I love this. He didn't let rejection bury it. Uh, he didn't let, you know, even a check had passed. He pushed through. He never lost sight of what he knew was on his life. And here he has an opportunity to bring it to the fore. And, you know, this part of the story, he still had some difficult stuff ahead of him, but this part of the story ends with him winning the battle and becoming the leader. In other words, he, he pushed through and he won against the odds. It was, it's a great overcoming the odds story. Uh, and if we retrace the steps of his story, story, we see so many things that could have taken him out, but he didn't let them. And I think some of these things aren't altogether uncommon for us, even nowadays, to face. Here's some resolutions that we have to make if we want to win. If we want to learn from Jephthah and apply it to our life, when we feel the odds are stacked against us. I don't know where the odds might be stacked against you. It might be a very personal thing in the way that you feel about yourself. It might be in a social setting and maybe a certain amount of rejection that you've felt, or maybe it's uh, in a business setting of uh, glass ceiling and being held down and not being recognized for what's on you. But I, I tell you, these are some of the keys that we need to win against the odds. First one that I see with Jephthah and that we need to do is refuse to let an imperfect family background define you. Refuse to let an imperfect family background define you. It says here is the son of a harlot, which is not very politically correct, that's for sure. And the whole inference of this word when you look at it um, is actually an adulterer or an adulteress, actually an adulteress because it's a feminine word. And so basically it was saying that dad had an affair, somehow he ends up coming back home and then when dad had more kids, they tried this blended family thing and, and that was his scenario. And, and I love it because that language is really raw and I tell you why, because God doesn't need to relabel things. God doesn't need to tidy things up. God enters in to the pain and brings something beautiful out of it. You know, it, it doesn't need to be. We often in our society, we try and relabel things to pretty them up, but nothing changes. God does the opposite. He enters them when they're ugly and then he brings something awesome and something really good out of it. And he does that in our lives. And the fact is lots of kids nowadays, lots of people have done it tough. Lots of people know what it is to, to be in a broken family or a dysfunctional family uh, or even an abusive childhood. The question is not if it happens or not. The question is whether you will let it define you or not. And what we see in, in Jephthah was this refusal to actually let it define him. And, and I love it because the, the, the whole Jesus story, the whole New Testament is really telling us that there is 
a family beyond our earthly family that we can be part of. We don't have to live with the, wherever we started in life, it does not have to be the way that we live life. Some of us have had great family and upbringing. Some of us have had very difficult circumstances. But the, you know, the whole Jesus teaching is that you can be part of a new family. Here's the second thing that we need to do that we see in Jephthah, and that is refuse to let rejection become our identity. We have to refuse to let rejection become our identity. It says they drove Jephthah out. The fact is we have all faced rejection on some level. But if you let it touch your identity, in other words, the way that you see yourself, the way that you feel about yourself, uh, the way you perceive yourself to be, then your inner voice that we've all got, we're always talking to ourselves all the time, but our inner voice will become one of self-loathing. If you allow rejection to touch that, you will continuously be running yourself down on the inside. You'll expect people to reject you and you will expect it until they do. And it will just confirm your greatest fears. You cannot afford to allow rejection to become your identity. It wasn't that he didn't experience it. It was simply that he refused to be labelled by it. And I want to encourage you, there's a key in overcoming against the odds in that, refusing the labels. Here's another thing. Refuse to let your mistakes define you. You know, it says he banded with worthless men and they went out raiding together. And I have got no doubt as a future leader, he would have done things that he was less than proud of in that season of his life. Um, and, and, and I guess at the end of the day, he rose above it. The question for us is, can we? Can we rise above mistakes of the past. You know, when we sit on a rock and think about our lives and the things that we would rather forget, can we rise above them? Because this is the power of what Jesus has done for us. You know, the Apostle Paul records in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, that if any man is in Christ, if anyone puts their faith in Jesus, in other words, he becomes a new creature. He becomes a new creation. Literally, God does something to make you new on the inside so that the old story can turn to a better narrative. God enters the pain, enters the brokenness where we're at, and then transforms it into something beautiful. That is our choice. Will we refuse to let our mistakes define us? Here's another thing that he did. He refused to be taken out by fickle popularity games. And we need to refuse to be taken out by the fickle popularity games of our culture. You know, they come and be our commander, but you're the guys who threw us out, who threw me out. And we've got to be careful. He knew he was being used, but he also knew that God's purpose for him was bigger than his pain and was bigger than whether he was in or out. And do you notice in our society, so many things are geared to sort of identify who's in and who's out from clothing and fashion and haircuts and technology that we carry in our pocket. It, it all either places us in an in or out category if we want to go with the shallow sort of philosophies of the world that we live in. And I want to encourage you, refuse to be taken out by that. Refuse to be 
you know, to, to play the click game, you know, where people either click together and you're either in or you're out. Just refuse to be bound by that stuff. Walk free of it. You've got a purpose. You've got a destiny. You've got something bigger on your life. You haven't got time for those silly popularity games. And he didn't have it either. He knew God's purpose on his life and was determined to get to it. Here's the last thing I see in it. And, and we learn from it. We have to take opportunities as they arise. He seized his opportunity. He knew he was being used. He still seized his opportunity. And we need to take opportunities when they come. Uh, even when this opportunity came to him with the wrong motive. You know, they didn't love him. They just wanted him at the head of the battle because they knew he could fight. And it, 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 to him, it didn't matter if it fulfilled the purpose. If it took him forward in life, he was going to take that opportunity. So we see all these things in a very painful life, layered life, crazy circumstances, crazy life. But we see a guy that pushed through it and won against the odds. So here's some questions we can ask ourselves. I wonder what you're facing. You know, I wonder what frustrates you that you're pushing against in life. Um, and these things, they can be health issues. They can be relationship issues. They can be family history issues. They can be deep internal issues like like Jephthah had those with rejection and pain and stigma, whatever it might be. Um, what, what do you have to overcome to be the person you know you want to be, the person God's created you to be? Here's some questions that might you know, stir our thinking. Does my family background ever affect the potential I see in myself? Stop for a moment and think about that. Does my family background, does, does you know, how I, the circumstances I perceive I came out of, does it ever affect the potential I see in myself? Do I limit myself, in other words? And the question that's got to follow on from that is, will I determine to break free from its gravitational pull? So if your family circumstances have been less than perfect and you really struggle with them, you know, are, are you going to stay in that? Or are you going to determine to break the gravitational pull? Maybe, maybe there's been a succession of difficult things or failure or repetitive behaviours, addictions, whatever it might be. Are you going to stay in that and perpetuate it or are you going to break free from the gravitational pull? Because I think that's a choice we've got to make. You know, half the battle is making the right decision at the start. Uh, the next question is, is my inner voice encouraging me to connect with people or fearful of rejection? You know, when we find ourselves in new circumstances, the opportunity to, to meet new people, etc., what voice is running in our head? Is it, you know, like they need to meet me and I need to meet them? Or is it they probably wouldn't like me and I'm not going to approach them because I'm fearful of what they might say, how they might react, whether they might accept me or not? Because that's sort of symptomatic of rejection if you're thinking on the negative there. Um, you know, are there times where crossing the room to connect with people may have changed my world? but I was too fearful to do it? It's a great question to ask yourself and to check our, check our heart. And can I encourage you, you know, if, if that is you, if you do struggle to do that, take a step of faith. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Take a step of faith. Break the gravitational pull. Don't let rejection 
define the next season of your life. It might have defined the last season. It doesn't have to define this season. Here's another question. Are there failures in my past that still shape the way I see myself? Are there failures in my past that still shape the way I see myself? And again, I've already mentioned this, but this is the incredible power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the incredible power of forgiveness because Jesus gave his life to let us know that we are forgiven. For us to recognize God's love for us is so great that no matter what uh, has been in our past, we can find a place of acceptance and find a place of forgiveness. And then things that are in our past do not have to shape who I am today. We can break free again of another gravitational pull. So I want to encourage you, receive forgiveness. If you haven't done that already, open your heart to Jesus. You know, he, he, he died, he gave himself on the cross so that we would know there was forgiveness waiting for us. I want to encourage you tonight to receive it and a little bit later on I'll give you another opportunity to do that. Um, another question, do I do dumb things to receive attention and affirmation? In other words, do I play the in-crowd, out-crowd game? Do I, you know, does that force me to become someone different in different circumstances? Am I playing the click game and I want to be on the inner? I mean, we all want to be on the inner, but if we don't find acceptance within ourselves, we will never find it in other people. Um, so if we're living for the applause of the crowd, we are, we are definitely setting ourselves up for a lot of pain. So I encourage you, avoid that. Refuse to be part of acceptance games like that. And the last question is, do I respond to opportunity or write myself off before I give it a chance? When opportunity comes my way, do I, do I respond to it or do I write it off before I give it a chance? Oh no, I could never do that. Oh no, I could never, oh, that would never happen for, well, you won't know till you try. You know, and sometimes you've got to try more than once. Sometimes your first crack at something might not be your best effort. And you have to go back again and again. Just keep responding to opportunity. And when we start to do these things and start to think this way, we start to refuse entry to so many things that are there to try and limit us. We begin to overcome, no matter what odds are stacked against us. No matter what odds have been thrown at us in life, we can overcome. It all begins with, with you know, winning on the inside that translates to winning in life. And that's something God wants you to do. He's created you to be an overcomer and to reflect his goodness to the rest of the world. And, uh, and we do that best when we're doing well and we're overcoming. Our external circumstances might not change, but our heart can be free in the midst of it all. And so I want to encourage you, overcome against the odds, whatever odds you face. And I'd love to pray for us all right now if I could. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone right here, right now with me. I thank you, Father, for their lives and for all of us. We all have multi-layered lives. The circumstances we face are often complex and multi-layered. But in the middle of it all, Father, there's some keys, simple keys here uh, that help us understand how we take our lives forward. And I pray for your uh, goodness, your grace, your power to be at work in us to overcome and push through and become the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And hey, listen, if you're with us and you're on a journey of life, maybe you've never got to the point of you know, getting forgiveness from God, like receiving it. It's there. It's waiting for you. You you can't be earned. It can't be, nothing can change the fact that Jesus has died for our sin. And so God is offering forgiveness. And I want to encourage you tonight. You can receive it really simply right where you are, uh, wherever you are. You can simply open your heart and say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for the past. I want to put that behind me. Help me to live for my future. Help me overcome against whatever odds I'm facing. And, uh, and I want to live for you and follow you. And, you know, friend, if you open your heart authentically to God, just in your own words, uh, he will meet you right where you're at. And, uh, and we certainly want to help you in your journey and so i'm gonna uh hand back in the comments actually one of our hosts will have put a comment and let us know you've made a decision to follow jesus if, if that's the first time you've done it or the first time in a long time let us know that and we want to get a bible to you and if we can answer any questions that will help you on your journey we'd love to do that as well so i'm going to hand you back to our host now god bless you have an awesome week